I fell in love with that song when I heard it over 30 years ago from the late, great Keith Green. We um, have been in the valleys. Um, if you remember, we started a series. We were in the caves where we encountered ourselves, and then we moved up into the mountains where we encountered God. And God said, well, it's great for you to be up on the mountain with me, but church, you are needed down in the valley. And it is in the valley that we encounter a, a broken and lost humanity that is in desperate need for the ministry of the church, amen? For the hope and for the message and for the ministry and the healing that we can provide the world. And we saw that last week, or two weeks ago. And then last week we went to the Valley of the Dry Bones, Ezekiel's Valley of Dry Bones, which we said is representative of the church that refuses to do ministry in the world. And therefore, she has lost her spiritual vitality and therefore is in great need of resurrection and revival. And we called it the Valley of Revival. And we have been praying, and we started a prayer group on Wednesdays at 11, and we invite you to come. We're praying for a new heart revival, uh, not only for our church here, but also for the church across this country and also the world. Now today we're going to go through the deepest and the darkest valley. And turn with me to that famous shepherd psalm, which Keith Green just sung about. You can find it in your Bibles or on the screen. It's Psalm 23, verses 1 through 6. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Who loves the shepherd song? Put your hand up. Who has heard it before, right? Who has memorized it? I think we all did since our Sunday school days. And what's not to love about this psalm? For in it we find exceedingly great and a manifold number of precious promises. Listen to them and really, really allow your life to come alive. Here's what Psalm 23 promises the people of God. We get God's presence, preparations, provision, prosperity, protection, providence, palliative care, and his place. Isn't that pretty phenomenal? Now let me say it again, just like it did in the first service. I'm going to repeat these till I at least get one amen, one amen from the people of God, okay? We get God's presence, his preparations, his provision, his prosperity, his protection, his providence, his palliative care, 
and we get his place. Amen. Amen. Now, any time that you feel down and out, just read these psalms and your soul will just come alive. So we need to continually rejoice as the people of God in all the promises that are given to us in the shepherd psalm. He promises also to guide us into paths of righteousness for his namesake. When we trust God, he is getting us where we need to go. Amen? And sometimes that's very surprising where we end up, but he is with us. But we also know that this path leads us in a place that we least suspect. This path leads unswervingly into what the psalmist calls the valley of the shadow of death. Everybody say, oh me. Now what is this valley of the shadow of death? Or as some translators put it, the darkest valley. For a hint, let me just say that this phrase is used 15 other times throughout the Bible and in both Testaments. So it's used pretty regularly. For instance, Job, who remembers that poor old soul? Job, right? If you ever felt like Job, well, the suffering that he had made him so miserable, he asked God to take his own life. And in Job 10.22, he says this, and hopefully you've never gotten to this place. But in Job 22, he asked God to take him to a land of darkness, of darkness itself, in the shadow of death, without any order, and in the light that is the darkness. And then later on in the book, God responds to Job's request with a question of his own. Have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? I don't know why these scriptures, oh, here they are, they're finally up. Have you seen the gates of the shadow of death? If you did, you wouldn't want to pray for them, amen? And then the Israelites, I'm sorry, similar to Job, the psalmist laments to God. Let's see, we got that one up there? Let's flip it, please. You have broken us and covered us with the shadow of death. And then the Israelites, as we've been seeing in this series, are our spiritual ancestors. And they were just really upset of all the hardships they encountered after God released them from Egypt and then sent them through the Red Sea crossing. It was tough in the wilderness. Have you ever heard that saying that when the tough gets going, the tough get going, right? Not the Israelites. They bowed up in the fetal position and murmured and cried and complained to go back to Egypt. So what they ask is, in Jeremiah 2.6, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt and led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and of pits, through a land of drought and of the shadow of death? Now we hear this eerie phrase, most commonly at funerals, don't we? Have you ever been to a funeral? If you've been to a funeral, you probably have heard Psalm chapter 23. And many people describe physical death as the ultimate darkest valley. However, this passage is way more significant, way more important, and way more relevant to the things that we encounter in life even before physical death. 
Old commentator Matthew Henry defines the valley of death, a most severe and terrible affliction. Well, Albert Barnes adds this, it is a path of gloom or sadness. It is a scene of trouble or sorrow or any dark and dangerous way. In the great Christian fable called The Pilgrim's Progress, I know you all have read that, John Bunyan describes the valley of the shadow of death as a fearsome place, a wilderness, a land of desert and pits, a land of drought, a great bog, a dangerous quag in which many have perished. In the famous hymn, Amazing Grace, I'm sure you have all heard of that one, John Newton refers to the valley of death as the place of many dangers, toils, and snares. Now for a shepherd who heard this psalm sung in the 8th century BC, the valley of the shadow of death would just immediately bring to his mind and his imagination about the trial and the difficulties and the dangers of traversing and navigating through the rocks and the crags and through the thickets and the thorns of the brutal Middle Eastern terrain, all the while trying to keep his flock in tow, all under the impending threat of robbers and thieves and murderers and of predators and, as most of you women would like to know, snakes. How I many know that would be quite the challenge? And I know sometimes when we read about the Good Shepherd, we think of somebody so meek and, and so mild, but that wasn't the case. To be a really good shepherd meant that one had to be a tough man's man, being able to fend off all this stuff and to keep the flock together. Now, I remember my first appointment out of seminary in a small place near Cambridge, Ohio. Like in the first service, I'll ask, is anybody from Ohio here? Put your hand up proudly. Go ahead. I will definitely pray for you. I'm from Pennsylvania, so we're part near brothers and sisters. But I remember my, my, my first appointment in a small rural church. I had a member of my flock. Get it? Get it? Because if you don't get it, you're not going to understand what's going to happen. So I had a member of my flock who owned a very large sheep farm. Now, I don't know if you ever had the privilege of checking out the operation of a sheep farm. And so I went to visit, uh, his name was actually Dick Clay. And I visited Dick, and he had been doing it for 40, 50 years, so he was an old hand at it. And so I began to ask him questions about, you know, this stuff we hear about sheep in the Bible and shepherds in the Bible and, and stuff like that. Is that pretty accurate and things like that? He said, oh, very accurate. And then he gave me a wry smile. And he said this. He said, don't be fooled for one minute by the imagery or the characterization of Mary had a little lamb. Sheep are not cute and cuddly. They're not meek and mild. They're anything but. So he must have seen the puzzled look on my face because, you know, we all think of that little sheep, you know, a little tender, and you're hugging them and they're licking you and all that good stuff, right? 
And so he elaborated. He said, honestly, sheep are truly mean. And they're ornery. And they're prone to biting and to fighting. Furthermore, they're highly skittish and easily scared. And I asked him, what, well, what are some of the things that do upset or scare the sheep? And he said, everything, everything scares them. Everything upsets them, especially walking down steep, uneven grades. And I never thought I would hear this, being alone in the dark. I said, wow. I have an old friend who lives on the other coast, and every time I get a chance to go over there, we uh, have a cup of coffee. And he always asks me how my flock is doing. How's your flock, he always asks. And I usually just repeat what that old sheep farmer told me 30 years ago. You guys didn't get that at all, did you? Oh, you did get it, and you're mad at me, right? You're not going to start biting and fighting, are you? I'm kidding, I really am. But nevertheless, the valley, the valley refers to any experience or any time in our lives that is low, that is dark, and that is desperate. Where there are many of them. And the only way out is through. But praise be to God. Regardless of the deepness and the darkness of our valleys, there is always light, isn't there? There's always light at the end of the tunnel, even at the end of the valley. And that light is always the good shepherd himself. That's why we are told in John 8, 12 that Jesus is the light of the world. And this is why the prophet Amos said in chapter 5, verse 8, Seek him. Seek him who turns the shadow of death into morning and makes the day dark with night. That calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. This is why Simeon, and I can't believe we only got about two more months till Christmas already, but why Simeon the prophet, when he heard about the impending birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, said this, shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. This is why throughout Jesus is called the good shepherd. That's why he is called the great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus just loves the herd people, doesn't he? He just loves to herd them up and to bring them into his kingdom. And so we praise him for his ministry to us. And the good shepherd is not only always with us through the deepest and the darkest valley, including the shadow of death, but he also comforts us. He comforts us with the shepherd's rod and the shepherd's staff. What is that, you might ask? Well, the shepherd's rod is an instrument of guidance. He uses it to keep the sheep heading towards the green pastures and by the still waters. Whenever the sheep do get skittish and scared and are prone to scatter, well, the good shepherd lovingly leads them back into the pathway with his particular rod. Now, for us today, you know what the rod is. The rod is actually 
the word of God. If we're ever dazed and confused, if we're ever lost or directionless, we always go to the word of God, which is called a light unto our feet. And then he also has this thing called the staff. Now, the staff was an offensive weapon. The shepherd yielded the staff whenever a predator or a thief would come to harm and to steal the sheep. He would use it to fend off any and all attacks. You remember I said you had to be tough to be a shepherd? Can you imagine what that kind of life was like? Together, the instruments of guidance and the instrument of protection brought great comfort to the sheep. How many know that anytime we feel discomforted and directionless, we can always go to the Word of God to find out God's will for our life and so that He can get us back on the paths of righteousness? But the good news of the gospel today is simply that whenever we find ourselves in the valley of the shadow of death. Now that could mean many things to many people. Whether this valley is a surprise diagnosis, if it's a chronic disease, if it's a relational fracture, a broken dream, or financial hardship. Today, as the people of God, as the sheep of God, we can rejoice and we can be totally confident totally confident that our good shepherd is with us and that his rod and his staff will comfort us and safely guide us to the other side, to the side of light and to the side of salvation. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, we thank you so much for all the benefits that we enjoy in Christ Jesus. We thank you that you are indeed the good shepherd. We thank you so much that you do lead and guide us into paths of righteousness sake. We are not alone. We are not directionless. We know that you will continue to guide us in the straight and narrow path all the way to the banqueting tables of salvation. But we know, Lord God, that sometimes we are tempted to go ahead and get off the path, that we do get scared, but we have nothing, absolutely nothing to fear because of who you are and your promise, your promise to be with us through all things. So this morning, Lord, I want to pray for your flock, our flock, that you would dissipate and alleviate any type of fear that this congregation might have. Our fears are unfounded when we wrap them in faith, faith of who you are and all the great and the incredible and marvelous things that you do for us. We are so excited and we are so glad and we rejoice so much that we are the sheep of your flock. Bless, guide, and protect us forevermore. And the church said, Amen.